Just um, from our vantage point, it seems like the offensive line seems to be, as you, you're eight games in now, seems a little more cohesive, no matter who's in there. Is yeah. that um, a combination of the, the newer guys understanding things more and just getting more comfortable, or are you guys figuring out what everybody can do? Combination of both. Um, there's not much now when we get to this game that they haven't seen. I mean, so there's a comfort level, and I always talk about seeing the flashes of the game. They've seen pretty much all of them. I mean, from inside pressure to outside pressure, three down, even. I mean, we've seen it all, and we played against some really good defenses. So um, I think they're just, you know, the game is slowing down for them together, and, and they're doing what you're supposed to do. They're starting to play better as we get deeper into the season. How did Jordan perform uh, on Saturday? It seemed like there was a lot of high-level throws. I guess how did you specifically distributing the ball and getting the ball downfield? I mean, I thought the, the key thing is he distributed well. I mean, we had a lot of guys touch the football, which goes to show Jordan's growth of not just going to your main target or being able to you know take what the defense is giving you, um, understanding what your answers are. We got a, quite a bit of pressure. Um, we had to back it out. I saw Trey make some plays, you know, in the flat route, getting him out and making plays. So I thought he did a good job of, you know, number one, owning the football and protecting the football, but also just distributing to whatever the defense allowed us to get, taking the check downs, taking it. And then when he had the shot, to, you know, he hit Jaheim on the one and hit Kyle Moore. Like I thought those guys did a good job with the down the field passes. So I thought he did a good job of seeing what the defense was giving him and taking it, you know, at a very efficient rate. Adding on to the offensive line, it seemed like Wake Forest stunted a lot, a lot of twists inside, and the offensive line had a lot of success in pass protection. What do you think the key was to keeping Jordan upright throughout the game? Yeah, going back to, the, I mean, there's not a twist we hadn't seen. Um, there's not a movement. You know, I think that's when that experience starts to kick in. I think we just had to grow as far as doing it together with the guy next to you, having that, you know, quick understanding of it happening. But I hadn't seen any major breakdowns. I just think as we're getting old, as we're going through the season and you're in week to week and we already hit our bye week a while ago, those flashes just slowing down to them. So they're able to kind of react to them a little bit quicker. And it was good having Bless back out there like that. He, you know, he does, he handles that pretty well too. Uh, talking about Trey and the role that he played in the receiving game against Wake Forest, you know, with Johnny out, was it expected that he was going to have, you know, the impact that he was going to have in the receiving game? And I guess just how much of the gap did he fill that day? Yeah, it, go, it goes back to, you know, we, we want to be an offense that, number one, we're going to be able to take advantage of whatever you are giving us. And, um, and when we have a guy like Johnny down who is, you know, really irreplaceable, we want to have – you know, we don't say, hey, Trey, you're going to be the guy to step up. We don't do that, but we know it's going to be somebody. And, um, and not only Trey having a big long on the screen pass, and, you know, he's done that multiple times, and uh, Jaheim, Kyle, Tron on the first, um, you know, inside fade. I mean, just different guys stepping up. And I, I apologize to Tron on the one because he had a – he would have got his gloves if, if, you know, we wouldn't have held on the one. So he would have got his – you got Moss gloves. So I apologize to him. But, you know, he's a ball player. And you've seen us brag on these guys. So we don't know who it is. What I'm glad is the offense has embraced that it doesn't matter who it is as long as it's somebody. And um, when your opportunity comes, just make sure you to answer the bell. And I think they've done a good job of that. What have you seen from Jeremiah Byers in terms of growth from the time he's gotten here, even to say the start of the season and mm -hmm. to where he is now? Yeah, just the, the overall process of it, using the games as opportunities to get better. Um, you know, he started off a little bit raw. We only had him, had him in the spring and the summer. Um, the thing I love about Jeremiah is, is his availability. I mean, you know, he's been that stronghold even throughout the rotations and things like that. I mean, he has been solid, playing through pain, 
focused, um, you know, and, you know, knock on wood, but he's been available the whole time. And what I love about him is he works at it. I mean, he stays after. He's, he wants to know the whys. So I think his commitment to learning the whys of the game and the whys of the offense has helped him calm down instead of just learning the plays where I got him on this play. Or I got can't like, no, man, like, why are we running this play? Why are we making this call? Why do we have you going in the B gap but not in man protection? So, and also just his owning of just small, detailed, fundamental, basic football. Um, because, you know, you, you, you play in a league now where if one fundamental is off, you'll get exposed. So I like his buy into that. It seems like Kyle Morlock's gotten a little more involved in the offense in the, mm -hmm. la the last few weeks, been catching balls. Obviously, he's been doing blocking. But mm -hmm. um, what kind of growth have you seen from him, especially to have that big catch on third down last week? Very similar to Jeremiah. Um, where he's starting to learn the whys too and how to find the space and you know when I got to win high and when I got to break it all flat and just those details in his route running game I've been proud of. Um, just, the, just the consistency of, because like, we went a little bit more 12 personnel this game, which you know we got really good tight ends, and it was his ability to still stretch the field and his blocking, that's what makes the difference. Even Jaheim the same way where he will block you and like the touchdown we had on the third down or the last touchdown of the game, that Jaheim had the, 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 the touchdown springing block. And, um, and so with that position, not only just Cal, that whole room helping us, you know, being able to stretch the field and still run the downhill game has been big. But Cal's detail into the wise, his ball skills, but he's also another guy that works at it. I mean, I, I, as a coach, you can't wait for them to display these things because you see him working it every day. And you just, man, you just, when that opportunity comes, you're just like, man, that's why. That's why you do it. That's why you're confident. And it's good to see them growing together. Speaking of confidence, um, Keon and, and Jaheim, mm -hmm. the way they carry themselves, the way they play, the way they prepare, um, is that, how much has that helped other guys, like especially younger guys um, throughout the course of a season? It comes from the work, you know, and, and you know, there's, there's no fake confidence. I mean, they're a confident bunch because of how we're working and the work they put in. I was talking to Jaheim about a week ago. He had a deal where his ankle was kind of gimpy. And, um, and then, you know, on game day, he thought he was just going to go, like, because, you know, he wasn't able to practice as much. And then he realized, like, man, y'all not going to put me out there unless I practice. You know, <laughs> like, yeah, like, yeah, you got you to gotta work for it. And I think ever since that moment, his confidence has been through the roof. You can see it in his practice habits. I mean, just them willing to say, I got to work to earn it, and their confidence level goes up. So it's just simply because of the work. Screen, screen pass that Trey took to the house. Mm -hmm. um, what, what went into that play call? What did you all see? Yeah, they were, film and they were bringing quite a bit of, um, you know, different looks at us where they changed it up, but it was sometimes it was going pressure on first test. It was something we already had it planned because we liked that, that call. But, you know, it, it, we, we thought that because of the early pressures and things like that, that we possibly could get a screen. You know, they were getting close to us in the protection deal. So it was just a deal we wanted to start off and just have a good answer to both sides. But now that we think it's going to be an 80 yard touchdown, we think they all are. But I think what really set that play up was not only was um, Casey Roddick, who sold it and got out and got to the, because they're two best players on defense, three and nine, the two safeties, and we were able to affect them in the screen. So Casey's patient when the guy popped and he, he waited just long enough. So by the time he left, the guy was already going on the blitz. He didn't go too early. I thought Maurice Smith, 
ability to check the backside just to make sure they weren't hugging the back, then get out and still get to be able to, to alter three's path, and then Trey just doing what Trey does. If you're in an open field, he's going anyway. So I thought it was a lot more than just us picking the right scheme. It was just the players executing at a high level where they didn't think it was a screen. So, you know, of course, we're guessing. I mean, we're, you know, are they going to bring pressure? Should we slide this way? You know, we're going to play the percentages and things, but I think the players did a good job of setting that up and executing at a high level. Earlier you mentioned the holding call. Can you talk about what you saw on that play and what Casey could have done better? Yeah, so, you know, his job on that play is we're trying to, you know, as coaches, we're thinking that guy's going to squeeze and he shot up the field on us because we're trying to capture the edge. So what he has to understand is when, when, they, when they do shoot up the field, understand Jordan's going to see that and he's going to hold up in it. He saw Jordan in his, in his perith and tried to let go. It was just too late. So it wasn't, it wasn't a lack of effort or mental focus. It's just understanding of the why when this happens, what's the secondary deal. So I wasn't going to go out there and pull him out the game or anything like that. I mean, it was a, it was a mistake, but, you know, it was one where he learned, he's like, Okay, because he tried to just 1.008 seconds of just a tug, you know, and he's just trying to protect Jordan. So no harm, no foul. I just felt bad for Tron, man, because that'd have been that was an elite catch, man. And I said, you know, I apologize, and and I made fun of him. I said, you got me back when you dropped the one, though. So you know, so I said, we even now. Uh, on uh, Kentron Jakai, just mm -hmm. what do you think that'll do for them? Just getting some catches in games. Um, we've seen him do it in practice. Yeah. Um, just kind of get them going. Yeah, Jakai, man, he's made some big plays for us. I mean, it was good to just get him one and go. I got, I made fun of him. I said, you got to pick your feet up so you can go score. But, I mean, him, you know, we know what Jakai can do for us. It's good to get him going and, and getting into that receiver depth, which we don't look at his depth. We just got a lot of good players in the room. So we expect him to make those plays. Um, but, no, nah, man, Jakai, Tron, man, having the first big one and then some really, really key ones. And, I mean, it's just, I'm just happy because those guys are working too. So you see guys like, you know, Keon's making a bunch of plays, Johnny's made a bunch of plays, Jaheim, like those guys are working too. So when they get a chance to have those opportunities to make those plays, man, you just, you, you, I want you to watch the sideline and how happy everybody, going back to when Deuce, who's been making plays, you know, that one play, now he's a, now people are bouncing off him on kick return. So just the confidence that they see those one play make, but Ja'Kai and Tron, we, we know what they are. I mean, they're going to they make plays here for them. They, they, they can make them. Coach, I think one of the TFLs Wake had was on Rodney in the backfield. Mm -hmm. A guy seemingly kind of came across oh, without yeah. anybody. It, this is not a Florida State thing. It seems to happen across the country everywhere where a guy just is not accounted for and has a TFL. Is it is it splits? Is it just them calling the right defense on your guys' play call? How do those uh, sort of things happen? Yeah, in we had lead outside zone call, and that was the front side safety who made a, a, an extremely good play. It's one of those rare deals when you're running the outside zone and you're reading the tackle's block, and the tackle had him reached. And we're going outside with the thing, but the lead blocker has a safety who fit inside. So, you know, it's one of those deals where, like, the read is telling you one thing, but they did a good job of fitting that guy inside. And that's what ball players do. Mustafa was a good player. And I think he saw it, he just triggered. And, um, and, and that's what good players on defense know how to do. Sometimes they go outside of it to cause problems, because usually when the end pinches inside, the safety fits outside. And it was just one of those rare deals where the, the end came inside and the safety still fitted inside, which was a good play by him. So, I mean, it, we, we had it reached, we were trying to get to the edge, but he fitted so fast and so well, man, he did a really good job and kind of caught us off guard. So it made us adjust to see how we was getting to the lead blocker. And is it too soon to tell whether rotating the guys on the offensive line is, is paying off so far or is the success that you guys are having a product of that? Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't, you know, we got good enough players to go in there and operate out of whoever it is of those eight players. And I've been in situations where 
Um, when I didn't do that, and God didn't have enough experience. So I don't think it's like a, it, I'm, it's not an experiment. I expect it to be as effective as it's being because I, I trust the guys that's going in there. So I'm not doing it as more of an experiment to kind of see if it works or doesn't. It, just, it, it better work because if not, you know, I'm not going to put guys in there that's not going to help us win. So it's the ownership of understanding I'll do this if we're showing the capability in order to do it. So by me continuing to do it, I, I think it's been well for us. But now if it wasn't, then we wouldn't. That, then it, that means that the guys I'm putting in there can't help us. Going back to the screen, and you guys have been successful with screens. Mm -hmm. um, I imagine when you're an offensive lineman, like it's got to be fun in that moment when you realize that guy realizes mm -hmm. that it's a screen. Um, but is it hard to be patient, like for the lineman to sit there and wait? And how do they get that? How do they develop that? Man, experience, because it, it's, it's always hard when somebody's running at you to not touch him, or there's a flash, or to understand the patience to make it look like we're trying to protect because. You know, as an O-lineman, you're trained to never let anything run past your face and never let a guy go. So the repetitions and the, the screen periods we do to see them have ownership and, you know, not blocking a blitzer from depth because if he's on the line, we do have to block him. If he's coming from depth, we don't. But also having the patience to see when his eyes leave you to go and all those little bitty details that go into running the screen, it's good to see the ownership that those players are taking and the running back being patient and they're not going too early, waiting on the line to release. So all those little details that come into effect for those things to work because defenses are good and they can recognize them pretty well. So, you know, and it wasn't technically an obvious pass situation. So you really got to sell it in like it's third and long and they're trying to go get sacked. So I credit to those players are just buying into the, and you're seeing the work and the preparation is buying off for them and, and the understanding the why we're calling it.